Welcome to Regeneration Studio. I'm Katerina and today is our monthly edition of the International Corner. During these episodes, as some of you know, I talk to specialists and noteworthy individuals from across the globe about a pressing issue in society linked to careers, mental health, well-being and, well, life in general. This particular episode is the last one I recorded from the lockdown period. This time my special guest is research psychologist Ninki Shwenyani, who grew up in South Africa, in Suwetu, and she's going to share some really useful insights about looking out for ourselves in our relationships. Just a quick technical note, there were some connection issues which meant we had to record the interview in two sittings, so if you notice anything funky, that is why. All right, so relationships. No relationship is easy. We have heard that a million times. The longer the relationship goes on, the harder it gets. We've heard that a million times too. Yet we hold ourselves and our partners to almost impossible expectations as we juggle trying to be perfect friends, lovers, parents, cooks, and have amazing careers too. At the workplace, we often do the same thing because we want to fulfill more roles than we were originally assigned to. Because how else are we going to set ourselves apart and get ahead? Lockdown made this juggling of roles all the more difficult, as I discussed in a previous episode, episode 8. Now, there are many different reasons for disagreements, which could lead to a feeling of growing apart, especially if they often happen. One main reason is we cannot possibly fulfill all the roles we expect of ourselves and our partners. It is when disappointment in ourselves or our partner for not meeting these expectations escalates that we begin to feel unsatisfied. When we start to question our relationship, perhaps it is time to think more carefully about whether we are taking care of ourselves in order to maintain that healthy concept of a partnership. I am delighted, therefore, to welcome Ninki Shwenyani, who's going to talk specifically about how we can take care of ourselves, mind, body and soul in our relationships so that we can avoid toxicity. Welcome to the show, Ninki. Thank you very much, Katharina. I'm looking forward to sharing and learning. Great. So to give our listeners an idea of who you are, imagine there's a film soon to be released called Ninky. Can you briefly introduce yourself in the style of a film trailer? <laughs> okay, my name is Ninki Shwenyani. I'm born and bred in South Africa. I'm born in a township called Soweto. It, it's a place, um, South Africa is, is a country with a lot of diversity diversity of cultures, the languages, the religion, the people, like it's, it's a melting pot of everything that, that you can ever think of, of in terms of people and humanity. I'm a research psychologist and um, I'm naturally inquisitive. I like to inquire, I like to ask questions and to understand and just to be in the know. And I'm a firm believer in lifelong learning. And I believe that as humans, we should never be content with what we know. 
because life offers so much adventure, life offers so much experiences and opportunities for us to learn and grow, and that's how God made it for us. So in essence, never pass an opportunity to learn something new or experience something different, and that's my motto. Part one, when should individuality stop and co-dependence start? So I've had a couple of guests for my international corner from around the world, including France, Abu Dhabi, and you are based in South Africa, as you have just explained, which is made up of a highly mixed cultural community. Firstly, within this context, what made you decide to become a research psychologist? Um, I think as, as I briefly intro, uh, uh, said in my introduction, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an inquisitive person. I, I like to find answers to questions myself. And at some point I had a, an option of becoming either a counseling or a clinical psychologist. And I chose the research route back then. And, and you know, little did I know that it would lead me into a career of, of just exploring, of just finding out. I'm intrigued by human behavior. I'd like to, I liked more to understand the rationale and, 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 and reasons behind what people do. I'm just intrigued by, by humanity, how they interact with themselves, how they interact with the world around them. And I've done a lot of research across various sectors of, of, of the economy. I've, I've worked as a market researcher, done um, a lot of behavioral research, I've done academic research, I've done social research. So basically, I am intrigued with, with humans and, and human behaviors and what we can learn and what we can teach each other. Great. I am similar. I love knowledge. I love learning. Secondly, are there key differences in how relationships function over there in South Africa, as opposed to, say, a country like the UK or the United States or Australia, or are relationship issues universal? We all experience the same kind of feelings and problems. Um, I, I think with the advent of, of technology and um, you know, the world becoming smaller, we have certainly got to learn that we are more similar than we are different. While previously we never had an understanding of what's happening in other world and other countries and other cultures. Now we have an opportunity, particularly through the, the, the technological network that we have. Um, we're able to understand that relationship issues are, are universal. They are, they are very common and similar. Although we do find that there, there are certain communities that are faced with different challenges. You know, in, in South Africa in particular, we're facing a lot of challenges that face a lot of people or a greater part of our community is being unemployment, poverty. We have a lot of issues of substance abuse coming in. Um, the rapid technological advancements as well are causing um, a lot of pressure and stress onto people more than we know, you know, and that is something that's happening worldwide. Access to information, and you can also indicate that there's, there's a lot of um, information overload. There's just so much out there that people hardly know how to access it, how to use it, where to get it, why is it there, and so on. There's also a lot of migration and displacement happening all over the world. Basically, conflict and wars affect us. 
um, and now affected by the same coronavirus all over the world. Doesn't matter where you are, but it is now affecting us, and we all have had to be locked up in our houses, in our homes, in our small spaces or big spaces, and we're all fighting a common unseen enemy. You know, so yes, to your to your question, the the issues are more similar than they are different. I would say. All right, that's that's interesting. Um, I mean, it's true as well because we do relate to things we hear from other countries in terms of relationships, and often I think people, regardless of where they live, the advice they give, we can still apply it to our lives, even if we perhaps well, don't live within that specific community. And like you pointed out, we also, especially now when we all experience the same threat, the same difficulty of the coronavirus and what that does to our lives and how that changes our lives, that does make sense. Mm. So few relationships start toxic. They normally start with that ideal period where you're so in love, you just want to see the person the whole time you want to spend every second of your day with them so toxicity comes in various levels how does a relationship go from there to say the yellowy danger waters of anger avoidance and resentment i think that the beginning stages of, of any relationship are as you have indicated the most exciting uh, because there's a lot of discovery, there's a lot of excitement, there's a lot of feelings, good feelings and, and love floating around, there's a lot of romance as both partners try to um, impress each other, you know, and try mm-hmm. to show each other the good side of, of who they are, you know. Um, we all try to put our best forward when it comes to a new relationship. That's the most simplest form of, of relationship we can ever be in because it, we're putting up faces and, and it's exciting and, and it's new and it's novel. You know, we do all the exciting things. But then there comes a time in the relationship where it, it changes in form. You know, where it changes in form is that you no longer need to press or make an impression on the other party as you have done before. Um, you now either have to live with them every day. You get to understand more about who they are, you know, the practicalities of every day. They don't send flowers as much as they did. You don't go out as dates much more often. And sometimes if when you get married or when you live together, you start noticing the habits that, you know, we were uncomfortable with. They leave their socks over the place or they don't, you know, assist around the house and, and so on and so on and so on. And then as the relationship progresses and then it gets into marriage and then there are children involved, that also changes, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, it also changes to to a different a different one, where there are now young human beings who have to be taken care of, and in the middle of that there are responsibilities. So your roles change, you know, over time within relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you now all of a sudden you're a, you're a mother, you're a wife, at work you're an executive, or you know you have your work responsibilities to do, and sometimes socially at church um, you have other responsibilities to fulfill as well. So then you have all these multiple roles that you have to fill as a person. Yes. And that will inevitably affect your one-on-one relationship with your, with your partner. 
you know, and the, the, the critical issue is being able to navigate all the changes in the relationship. And as a relationship progresses, we also change, we also grow. You know, we get wrinkles, we get <laughs> after children, we gain weight, and we think our partners aren't seeing us the same way, and you know, we get gray hairs, etc. Et so there are growth changes within us physically, there are growth changes with us uh, spiritually, there are changes with us emotionally, and as well as there are changes in the relationship as well as we move forward. So it's all these dynamics really that impact mm-hmm. on on relationships as 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 we go, you know, navigate and grow through them. It's it's more than one thing. Yeah. So as you mentioned, the longer the relationship goes on, the more difficult it gets to kind of navigate all these new responsibilities and uh-huh. new expectations, and then all the changes happening at the same time. Now, yeah. as someone who has gone through these waters of changes and also the sometimes the anger and resentment that comes with when you think people aren't adapting like you mm. or perhaps they, they're not fulfilling your expectation or vice versa, I have often wondered, why get in a relationship in the first place? <laughs> Why are we really meant to live in a codependent state? Isn't it going to be easier if we just decide to live by ourselves, to be independent completely? I think um, God didn't make us that way. God made us um, as social beings. He certainly didn't make um, humans to live as, as as lonesome individuals, pretty much like in the wild leopards. You know, leopards are. They live on their own. They just come together to mate, and then the the, the female would be out there with the, with the with the cubs, and the male would just wander off somewhere. So, and that's that's the life, solitary life that they are meant to live. But human beings are social beings, and um, our our being is is about belonging. We need to belong for us to be able to function. We need to belong for us to be able to 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 to, to be fulfilled. We have to belong for us to uh, procreate, to create the network that makes us who we are. So in essence, relationships are important for that. Mm-hmm. For, for, from, from the day we are born, we're born into uh, a social network. You know, family, society, community, extended families, you see people around you. And that is how, how we're meant to be. And we do need relationships to sustain us. We do need relationships to grow us. You know, um, each of, each one of us is is here, born for a purpose, and we're not born for ourselves, but we're born to make meaning to other people in life, to learn as well as to share our learning. Yes. Yeah, so you mentioned God. Now, not all of my listeners are perhaps Christian or believe in a God. Would you say it's just it's a kind of it's, it's still a, a universal thing in the sense that as a human being, regardless of whether we necessarily believe or not that we we do seek that belonging it is a because we're social beings this is not necessarily linked to religion as such it's just inherently how we are it is inherently how we are because my understanding is that we um a three parts being to ourselves um we have our physical bodies which we live in you know, and we have our our mind, 
which is mainly controlled by our brain and our brain functioning. That is where our emotions are. That is where our thoughts and feelings are based. And then beyond that, you have our, our spiritual our spiritual being, our spiritual self, you know, um, which is the core of basically who we are. And each and every one of us has that central part or that core of us. That, and that is what drives us to seek meaning. You know, you hear a lot of people saying, I'm looking for meaning. I don't know my purpose. And um, that is what brings in a lot of uncertainty in us. If people can't find their purpose, if people don't understand who they are, because it is only when you, you reach down to your spirit being that you can find this meaning, find this purpose, find out who you really are and, and what you are meant to do. If we think of relationships in more traditional societies as opposed to modern societies, it is clear that relationships were originally more functional as a means of survival and it wasn't quite the same as the same romantic relationships we are expecting today. The psychotherapist Esther Perel mentions the tension between seeking security in our relationships while at the same time wanting freedom and adventure, which is a characteristic of modern day society. How does this tension between the traditional relationship structure and the modern day version cause more distress and relationship breakups? because we want to be individuals with full rights within a codependent entity. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think talking about uh, traditional relationships, I tend to think that mostly in traditional relationships, the roles were quite clear or clearer than they are now, in that the, the role of a mother or, or of a female was different to that of a male and that was clearly defined that women did not necessarily have to go out and work you know they had to do work within the house while men had to go out and you know work outside of the home so that sort of you know brings in the functionality of it and i think it, it was much more easier to navigate back then but now the modern day relationships are characterized by the need for dual income families where both the men and women have to go out and earn a living to sustain themselves and the family. So that has also put additional pressures on the family in that in addition to, I'll talk about the women in, in, the women in particular, in addition to being a, a person taking care of the home and everyone in the home and the children and the household chores and duties, you are now having to go out of the, the household go and earn a living that also has its own pressures you know to come back into the home and then you, when you're starting to 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 engage with your partner further that also tends to cause um, some tensions in that a lot of women complain that you know I, i'm tired i also come from home why do i have to be the one having to stand up preparing dinner washing the children you know doing all the household chores while he just sits and watch, watches tv and with time that breeds um, resentment you know on 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 the other on the other partner and that puts pressure you know on 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 on, on the relationship um another uh, dynamic also is that with dual income families there is an element of 
financial pressures that we're facing as, as, a, as, a, as a society. That for an example, if money is not enough in the family, that brings its own additional pressures in that how do we cope? We end up taking out the anger and the, and the, and the resentment on each other. And then there's another, another dynamic also thirdly that if in a relationship a woman tends to earn more money or brings home more money than the men, what that also does is that it breeds or it brings in a fear in a relationship, particularly from a man's side, you know, to feel being emasculated, to feel their egos not being quite intact, you know, and, and that also brings levels of resentment from the male to the female. Um, and it manifests itself in different ways. These levels of resentment will inevitably uh, you know, manifest in issues of you know, toxicity, feeling some level of resentment and dislike for another person, which is brought about mainly by a, a fear that we harbour inside of us. Part 2. The Relationship Toxicity Thermometer Nowadays, we want to establish our own identity and don't want to have our roles assigned to us. From a female perspective, if we want to pursue a career and be a mother and a supportive partner, it's our right and we get upset when other people challenge us on it. Most of us are not willing to give up our freedom of choice and this can cause a lot of tension in romantic relationships. Do we want too much out of a relationship? Is that why some of them become toxic? Um, yes, with, with the challenges that we have as women in particular being career and mother, um, as well as being you know, a supportive partner, there's always um, that balance that people have to maintain and women are always told to keep and to maintain that balance, which is not really easy. And I think also the biggest challenge is that we always want um, relationships to fulfill us and, and to fill the void that we have within us, you know, as opposed to learning to be with ourselves, learning to love ourselves more um, so that we're able to um, allow relationships to, 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 to grow us, you know, as opposed to us demanding from them, but also be a part of them in a most fulfilling manner. Um, so we, most of us expect joy and fulfillment from others than we do from ourselves first. And as a result, we also become part of the toxicity. You know, toxicity does not necessarily all come from male. We also contribute to our own toxicity if we don't, if we don't love ourselves. And also we, we don't, we are unable to give what we don't have. If we don't have self-love, you're never going to be able to give love to other people as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's true. And then when do we know that things have swung the other way and we are perhaps neglecting our own well-being and giving in to what the other person wants? We, we, we generally have feelings. You know, you, you do know how when, when, um, when you sort of, out of balance, out of sync with yourself. Most of us will feel the pressure to do things for others um, and please them more at your own expense. For an example, if you have money, you'd spend it on other people and not on yourself. If you have time, you'd rather spend it um, with other people and not on yourself. 
and with time it, it exhausts you emotionally it exhausts you physically it exhausts you uh, spiritually as well and um, with time you also feel a level of resentment for your partner and that's how you actually know that you are neglecting your own well-being you also neglect the things that you love to do for yourself you, ne you neglect your, your creativity you know joy for, uh, that you get from things that you do like sporting activity being out with your friends and just doing things that make you happy um so that tend to be neglected and and that's when you know that you know you've swung the other way and you are now more giving than you are able to receive mm -hmm. yes yeah, so in other words it's when you find that you are the one compromising perhaps most now talking about compromise it is essential to make a relationship work but sometimes yeah. i think this is what you touched on one person yeah. is perhaps better at setting their boundaries and communicating their needs and reinforcing their idea of happiness than the other person okay. as soon as one partner in the relationship's needs are not communicated or met that is perhaps when the anger and resentment start setting in so how do right. we how do we balance individualism taking time to look after ourselves requesting me time and still maintain a loving secure relationship how do we balance these different elements of a successful relationship um it's also important to acknowledge that there is more than one part to our total being you know um as you indicated sometimes you're a mother we occupy different roles sometimes you're a mother and at work you're a colleague at, uh, in your extended family, you're a sister, to your mother, you're a daughter, and to your father, um, you're, a, you're a sister, to your brother, you know, um, to your children, your mommy, you know, to your partner, you're a wife. So all those roles to balance and to, to navigate them, it does tend to be um, a, a challenge. And uh, maintaining this balance, as I said before, tends to be uh, a difficult. So what's important is, is communication, communication um, to those around us to say, you know what, um, I think I need to, to, to do things for myself. I think I need time out. It's also important just to take time out to do things that, that make us happy, things that bring joy to us, things that bring back that balance, because you're not going to get that balance running around and doing all the other things for other people. So it's important to find time to reconnect with ourselves and how we do this is just finding time to be alone sometimes just sitting alone either in your in the garden or taking a walk or going to a movie on your own or going to have tea just on your own you know that that brings a level of of, of me time or taking a long bath um, without any distraction um, just making sure that in a day you include all those elements that would give you time to just be you and be on your, on your own. You know, just go out and eat an ice cream and, and come back <laughs> later. <laughs> so those are little things that, that, that actually uh, you know, give us time to, to, to focus and look out for ourselves. Yes, I totally agree with you on that. Like mm -hmm. when you take that time, you rediscover perhaps more what you think, what you believe, what 
you enjoy and that you can actually bring those things back into the relationship and tell whoever else is there, whether it's your partner, whether it's your children, whether it's your brother or sister that listen, this is something I, that's important to me. And hopefully, yeah. yeah and hopefully they'll, yeah. they'll listen. So how do you yeah. think, how do you yeah. think the added pressure of lockdown and dealing with the new regulations, which is constantly changing concerning COVID-19 have affected the toxicity levels in relationships? I think uh, just to go a little bit back to to the previous question in the previous response, Mm -hmm. that um, it's always important for us to remember that there are three parts to ourselves, as I mentioned previously. You know, we have our our, our physical um, being or our bodies. We have our um, uh, um, mental or our mind, and we have our spirit. So mm-hmm. when we take care of ourselves, we need to ensure that every day we do things that talk to taking care of all three elements. You know, uh, taking care of your body would involve eating properly, exercising, you know, resting uh, while taking care of your mind involved doing a creative thing, reading a book, um, you know, just making sure that your mind is occupied positive with positive things, positive affirmations. And then spiritually also doing something that reconnects you with your spirituality, whatever it is that you you relate with, whatever it is that you you know you you you, you believe in, talk to your spirituality. So all those three elements would actually bring some level of fulfillment and a better balance to our being. And with the pressures of, of lockdown, we we tend to forget um, to look after ourselves because now we are in in, in confined spaces, uh, first of all, and there's concerns of getting infections or not getting infections. So you have to go out and you have to do things that we do normally that we describe as taking care of, of ourselves. That brings um, an additional level of uncertainty, the fear that we all live in, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not sure how and where we're going to get this because we don't see it. <laughs> yes. So inevitably, you know, uh, all this anxiety and fear, we tend to forget to take care of ourselves. We tend to forget to reconnect with ourselves. We tend to also forget how to relate with each other. Because in terms of lockdown, we're now forced to spend time with, with, with our partners who we would never spend so much time together because during the day, everyone is at work, everyone is at school. So we've basically forgotten how to relate to each other. So it's also a process um, of, of learning or relearning how to reconnect with each other. So the, the levels of, of toxicity could be brought about by the fears of, of of insecurity, the fears of uncertainty, you know, not knowing whether the infection will come your way or not, not knowing whether you'll have a job after this or not. Uh, some already, some people have already lost their jobs, and some people lost income for that time of lockdown. So that fear and uncertainty would inevitably affect uh, our our mind. You know, it will affect affect how we think, it will affect our behaviors, and um, the unfortunate part is that we tend to let out our anger and frustration, you know, out onto those that are closest to us, and those are our spouses, those are our children, 
and people that that are within our our close proximity and we end up hurting them you know sometimes unknowingly and, and not deliberately doing so mm-hmm. so yeah i think the the toxicity may be there before or it may come up as a result of of the lockdowns and the COVID situation and that toxicity toxicity and you know it, it relates to behaviors that would damage another person you know their self-esteem it's energy training uh, it's about control and dominance you know and sometimes we notice this with time you know when you relate to somebody and it, it may not necessarily have come during this particular time but may always have been there Yes, I think it's interesting that you noted there's there are the two results almost the one of reconnection of kind of learning to re- relate again with the people closest to us, which could bring a newfound I don't know love almost. But there's also the other side where all of the tension can aggravate feelings of of resentment. Part three, steps towards self-care and away from toxicity. Now, according to statistics in the UK, South Africa, and I'm sure it's the same in other countries, domestic abuse in relationships has increased dramatically during lockdown. There are various reasons why a partner might become abusive and you have indirectly touched on some of these reasons already. Generally, it's when a relationship has reached the extreme spectrum of toxicity. Understanding, therefore, the importance of self-care early on and communication is crucial in keeping the relationship on track. So what exactly is implied by self-care in relationships if you can perhaps just briefly explain the concept mm-hmm. um I, I would say it's it's about um being being loving first you know being loving to to yourself first understanding your needs understanding um your where you are understanding your feelings, understanding your thoughts, so that you're able to communicate better those to your to your partner. Because if I'm feeling frustrated, but I'm not able to express it, then that is not self-care, you know? So being able to communicate what one is feeling, one is thinking, what one is needing, is quite uh, critical as, the, as an element of, of self-care in a relationship, because there is, there is no um, proper or positive relationship that exists without um, good and proper communication. Also, an element of being loving first is that as as you become kinder to yourself, it becomes easier for you to become kinder to others. And as you become kinder, then you, you notice other people also reflecting the kindness back to you because. It also starts with that. As I mentioned before, it's not only men who are toxic in relationships, we also bring some level of toxicity and we need to be aware of that, particularly as women. You know, that we don't always point the finger, but we're able to self-reflect to say, what is my role in this? You know, what is my contribution to the conflict? 
and because we also contribute to the conflict through our behaviors and through our non-love, through our you know, uh, frustrations that we experience as well. Mm-hmm. Um, self-care is also about creating spaces for each other, you know, understanding that much as we are in a relationship, we are two different beings, each one with their own needs, each one with their own personalities, each one with their own levels of creativity. It's important to, while we're creating spaces for each other, be supportive of each other's endeavors, be supportive, encouraging of each other's um, ability to, to, to take time out for themselves and do things that, that they really want. You know, if somebody would want to read a book at a particular time, then it would be insensitive for one to be saying, oh no, but you should not be reading a book, you should be doing X, Y, Z for me. So it's about just creating those spaces and allowing each other to to grow, because that is what um, relationships are about. Yes. Yeah, those are all very important things that sometimes we let slip through the cracks. Um, And I think you did mention before it's really about thinking on the three levels of kind of physically what we need uh, emotionally or and spiritually are there preventative steps we can take to avoid reaching a point where we feel our relationship is unhealthy whether this is on a physical spiritual or emotional level Uh, definitely because a, a a toxic relationship would actually bring harm or damage to our three levels. It will bring harm to your spirituality, your, your, your peace would be disturbed. In that a, a, a toxic relationship is emotionally damaging as well. You know, it, it damages your self-esteem, it's energy draining. So your, your spirituality will be disturbed, your, your mind or your thinking will be disturbed, your emotions would be disturbed. And uh, to the other extreme, physically also, you know, you might see, you know, manifestations of this. At some point also, toxic relationships are physically abusive. So it does bring harm to all three parts of, of ourselves. While a positive and healthy relationship is one that is mutually caring, and that is one that is uh, respectful as well. Just back to the question. So what, what are the preventative steps that we can take to avoid the one extreme and make sure that we stay within that caring relationship? Mm-hmm. I think first is, is, is to believe that you deserve respect and that you deserve, you know, better. You deserve a, a love, you deserve care. Because if you go about uh, not thinking that you deserve it, then you're not going to do anything about it. Secondly, understanding that we can only change ourselves. It's a very difficult thing to try and change other people. And as you change yourself, if you behave differently also towards your partner, you might also see them behaving differently towards you. For example, if you lower your voice as opposed to screaming and shouting all the time, you might see a positive um, effect in that a person might also not shout and scream at you at the same time. Another thing also is communication. If I, if, as I indicated, that it's important to communicate when somebody is being helpful or to communicate um, how you feel at a particular time 
point in time and communicate your needs clearly. And uh, it's also important that we use full sentences when we speak because <laughs> at times <laughs> uh, we tend to just throw accusations at people but not complete what we say. To say it makes me feel sad when you do one, two, three, four, five, as opposed to say, you make me angry and stop there. And a person wonders, what is she talking about? <laughs> type of thing. Yes, that's so true. And it's so hard because in our minds, we know what we're talking about. We know the feeling, but it's actually mm-hmm. more effective if we reflect on why we f- perhaps feel angry and communicating the why. So that's, that's very true. true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and also... Um, uh, just taking taking the time out, you know, taking the time out, mm-hmm. um, because as I indicated, a lot of toxic relationships don't necessarily uh, have not would not have necessarily started now during lockdown. It's something that could have been there even before, but exacerbated by the by this particular situation. So um, it's important to also take time out to say, you know what, this is damaging me. Can we just have time out? And um, go and regroup and resort ourselves and really decide if this is what we want for ourselves going forward. That is another step that you can do. Mm-hmm. It's also important that we 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 find help. You know, find help, find a mediator, find a counselor. Um, relationship counselors are out there, and they are there to to guide when you feel you know uh, imbalanced. So. Mm-hmm one way that we can also you know try and bring balance into our relationship additionally if there is any physical abuse i would advise that people do not say you know because physical abuse is is is, is just a, just the extreme and a zero a zero tolerance for physical abuse is, is one thing that uh, that i would advocate for and being prepared to leave ultimately i think it's, it's um mm-hmm another positive step because if you can't fix it you can't fix you yeah you can fix yourself you can't fix the other person and if the relationship you do know when when it cannot fix so be prepared to yes now um if you were in the situation where you followed one of these steps so for example you decide that you need some time out and you suggest this and it's taken the wrong way by your partner, what, what does that indicate? Or what are further things you need to consider? So if it, if it completely blows up into, in your face and, you know, it kind of causes a big argument. You know, uh, we should not be proud to ask for help as, as, as partners because Really, if, if, if we're in help, there are professionals out there who, who would guide us through difficulties and problems that we're facing. So um, now, during lockdown situation, it's a matter of a phone call sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. to a, to a counsellor, uh, to, a, to a church priest, or to, to somebody who can be able to talk us through what is it that we're going through and that we can't resolve on our own, you know. Yeah. Um, so it, I think that's it's important for us to be able to do Mm -hmm. yes definitely and it's sometimes one of the hardest things is to communicate when with others when there's a problem to seek help and i think 
maybe one of the hardest things for any relationship, especially when you're unhappy, is recognizing what the real problem is in the first place. And then, Mm. like I mentioned, doing something about it. So could you give us perhaps a quick five step assessment that we can use to gauge in the first place our happiness in any relationship, whether we think it's toxic or not, and then what we should do next to make it better. So even if we think, okay, well, I'm relatively happy, but some things Mm -hmm. could be better. So just a quick five step assessment that we can uh, use. feeling of happiness i think you know one can identify them easy you know just being happy best (laughs) you know uh (laughs) being 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 also self-dependent being able to do things on your own um Mm -hmm. that that would fulfill you and that that bring you joy um it's it's also very important and um a, a, a relationship that um is fulfilling and and that is positive brings growth you know it brings growth in that you feel supported to be the people say do the best version of yourself um it is nurturing um it is supported you feel supported you feel whatever it is that i'd like to do my goals my dreams um they will not be shot down you know i will not be controlled to move the other direction, to speak the other person's uh, uh, needs or goals. Um, I will not be oppressed. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I will be given the space, I will be given the support um, to be able to, to achieve what I want to, to achieve. You know, if, mm-hmm. if it means taking care of you know, the children, if it means output with um, housework, whatever it is um, that in my career will be supported my creativity will be supported, my growth as a person will be supported. And the fact that your opinion matters. Yes. You know, um, in a toxic relationship, another opinion does not matter. It's always the dominant person's opinion that is key and that, you know, that, that they use to, to control the other. So those are the, the, the issues, I think, that, um, you know, that, that one would, would know that, you know, they yes. are quite... Um, in a relationship yeah feeling valued mm-hmm. um yeah yeah so just to quickly break them down into maybe five words so firstly just level of happiness then second it was being able a self-dependence so being able to do things that you enjoy and the third yeah. one was a was a feeling of growth in the relationship growth. yes yeah, and then four was being supported in your dreams and goals and then number five was being respected yes and and your opinions yes of importance Mm -hmm. this was so interesting and so useful i hope it's going i'm sure it's going to be just as useful to the listeners so thank you for joining me today ninky before we go i have a few quick questions to round up the show mm-hmm. what is the most recent film or series you watched or podcast you listened to or book you read <laughs> the most recent film was bohemian rhapsody <laughs> the okay, yes. story i've heard and it is a book. very good film <laughs> it is yeah and the book is uh, a return to love by marianne williams mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah 
Great. And then what is the one piece of advice that has made a big difference in your relationships? I call them the magical words. Tell me. And <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a, a good friend of mine who I value always, always um, says, tell me how was your day? Hmm. You know, or tell me how did your meeting go? Or tell me um, about this and the other project. You know, as opposed yeah. to saying to a person, how was your day? And they just say, fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that, is, that is not uh, communicating or that is not in, uh, allowing the other person to engage more. But if you say mm-hmm. to somebody, tell me, tell me, you know, about whatever, your mm-hmm. sandwich that you ate today. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, it, it's engaging. It allows a person to you know, to express more, it, it, it encourages communication. And it says to the other person, you're ready to listen. So but, tell me, are there ways, the two magical ways that, yes. that I have learned and make a big difference? Uh, that's brilliant. I'm going to use that piece of advice as well. <laughs> so tell us about the biggest challenge you have overcome in your life. I think it's, 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 it's self-care and, and just having to learn uh, the, the the three parts to myself because that, that has been a struggle for me for, for a long time to understand why I'm feeling this way, why am I not being able to balance or juggle things in my life and being out of balance and feeling I'm running around headlessly and you know so um self care and just taking care of, of 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 my body and the spirit and the and my mind, just taking time every day to make sure that I, I do things in activities that feed or that grow um, those three aspects of me. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that's what I mean, that's what I understand better yes. or what I need to do. Yeah. Right. And so. then what is the first place or country that you will visit when lockdown has been completely lifted? Oh, Cuba. <laughs> Cuba. <laughs> I did not expect that. That's a good answer. <laughs> um, I've always wanted to go to Cuba. Yeah. So yes. Same. I'd love to go to Cuba. <laughs> what do you know about the field of psychology today that you wish you'd known five or ten years ago? Psychology is, is not for sick people. You know, people think therapists, you go to a therapist only when you have a mental problem or when you have a serious life challenge. Mm-hmm. But basically, we all have to go for, for mind checks, just as we go for physical checks, checks to our doctor every year. Mm-hmm. You know, we also need to see a counselor, we need to see a therapist uh, once um, um, in a while just to do a, a mental health check. And also, if we can do that with our partners, all the better, um, because then we can remind ourselves what is it that we are doing well, so that we continue to do the things um, that we are doing well that sustain us and that sustain our relationship. Yes. Also, once again, a very interesting piece of advice that I would not have <laughs> thought of. So thank you for that, Minky. It's a pleasure, yeah. Thank you so, so much for listening to the show. If you would like further advice, please get in touch with Ninki or another therapist in your area. Sometimes it's difficult to distinguish between when we are going through a rough patch 
in that relationship and when the issues are just so entrenched, left unresolved for too long and the resentment harmful to the point where we might need to reassess the impact it is having on our state of mind and whether we should let the relationship go on. As relationships become such an important part of our daily routines and normally offer a sense of security, especially during times of crisis, having problems is one of the hardest things to admit. We want to be the perfect partner, I know. And to our friends and family, we sometimes want to pretend that we have this perfect relationship. In all reality, for some of us, it might just be the emotional weight of dealing with people issues and possibly disrupting our lives even more than it has already been disrupted that make us avoid dealing with our unhappiness. One way in which you can take initiative is by looking at how you take care of yourself, as Ninki explained. If you know of anyone who is unhappy though, who feels they're not living up to expectations, that they need to be different, or they just need some advice, share this episode with them now. One last thing, there is no linked blog article as normal. It's a little bit different. It is my way of taking care of myself in my relationship. So it's got to do with food. Have a little look at my blog page and let me know what you think. And don't forget, if you enjoyed this narrative journey, please subscribe and kindly spread the word by leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify by sharing the podcast episode and giving me a thumbs up on social media. I can reach as many people as possible and thereby reach the right people, the ones who might find it beneficial and perhaps even life-changing. Join me next time for more narrative journeys into creative business ideas.